Hello and welcome to Legion of Tunes. I'm Luke Gonzalez. This is where we watch everything animated. Joining me this week is Gary Gallimore. Hey. John Seiler. Hi. And Ryan Fretz. Hello. Uh, this week's pick was Welcome to Eltingville. All right. So you, um, do you want to give us a little background on this uh, pilot episode? Uh, yeah. Basically, it is set, I want to say, like, mid-90s about these four guys who happen to be super in the comics, and they have an adventure going to the comic book shop. Yep. So um, we'll get into it through the, a bunch of the stuff. I didn't know until looking at the Wikipedia that this took place in Staten Island. Which is, I guess, explains one of the characters' accent. But um, it is, I have lots of thoughts as we get into the episode, but I don't know, like, have you, I have, like, almost no connection to this show until we, or the comic even, until you brought it up, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely knew nothing about it before. Which I actually found surprising. Like, I thought this was something that sh- I should have known about. Yeah, it was a good show. It was like, it was a one, uh, it was like a one-shot pilot, and it just didn't get picked up. I yep. wasn't sure exactly why, though. It was it was um, entertaining. It was 17 years ago, too. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, kind of before... Old ner- oh, God, I can't talk. Uh, this is kind of before nerd culture kind of took over. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, John, you've read some of the comics and stuff. So- yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Evan Dorkin's, like, kind of a really cool... Um, uh you know creator like uh i think like a lot of people will kind of know him as the guy who is the co-creator of beast of burden over at dark horse uh with jill thompson which is the the series about the the animals that are like uh going on adventures kind of thing uh but you know he you know he's like a big 90s comic creator guy doing like a lot of uh underground comic stuff with like milk and cheese and dork and which is uh what eltingville is from uh and yeah it basically it's like a semi-autobiographical take on on his time working at a comic book store in eltingville staten island um yeah and i just watching this i just felt like the parallels between him and kevin smith like cannot be avoided especially like the clerk's (laughs) Now, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that, but I, I will say one thing. This one's a lot more mean-spirited. Oh, well, yeah. In, I think it's working at a comic book store. I totally kind of get the look-down attitude that, like, oh, yeah. uh, Evan Darkin kind of has for, you know, these four boys. Because, you know, that's not to say that, like, everyone who comes into a comic book store is bad or a jerk. But I think, like, particularly teenage boys like the four here are very gatekeepy and like like they're made to look bad right and it was just hard for me to i was about to say it was hard for me to get into because there's not a character that's like no this is a decent human being no i'll latch on to this one yeah the one which i think is like a big difference than the last show we did with um undergrads where i didn't really like any of them but i did really want to see them continue their adventures but with Eltingville Club, I, I didn't like them, but I still kind of wanted to see, like, where it was going. Yeah. The other thing, as we'll get into it, but, like, um, I feel like you can watch this and you can totally get that, oh, the person that wrote this, as opposed to, like, so, Undergrads is a guy writing about him and his friends. You totally get that this is a guy writing about, like, shitty customer in his store. <laughs> well, and- to be fair, uh, everyone has an experience in a comic shop where there's, like, uh, those types of people that walk into the oh, yeah. store. I know me and Ryan oh. have worked retail in a, you know, we were in GameStop, so we had similar interactions to this. You worked in a comic oh. shop, right, John? 
<laughs> yeah, like my I think like my favorite con- uh, design in the short was the the young boy. Oh, the Pokemon with the trading cards. Yeah, with the trading cards who like wants to be like friends with the older guys because he thinks they're cool. Uh, but he wears like a button up like shirt with a tie and carries a briefcase. Like I've seen that kid. Oh, he reminds me. Um, the first character that popped from another cartoon that popped in my head is I think it's Eugene from Hey Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's like a good one. Yeah. Which actually, that was the character that got me to chuckle them in that whole episode. That and the mom. Like, I actually got chuckles with because of like how much the kid got like wrecked. And especially the bit when the comic book, when he goes and, like, asks a question, and the comic book guy just, like, shoves him off the counter. Yeah. Well, it's because it's, like, they're having, like, this big nerd off, and the question he asks is just, like, a really, it's a really simple question. It's so simple that it's, like, oh, like, get out of here, kid. Because, like, it's also just, like, the idea that, like, old, shitty comic book or comic shop-owned guys, like, kind of have contempt for, like, young kids because they're annoying. And no, I mean, I, it, it definitely portrays the gatekeepy aspect of it. Well, yeah. Well, there's also, like, no women. There's the, the mom's voice and then the little sister for half a second. Or the two mom's voices and then the little sister. And then all the other female characters are all, like, like teenage nerd boy fantasy. Like, the dream sequence uh, with Bill's character. Oh, the Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek, yeah. The Star Trek thing was so weird. Um, the show was also, like, kind of, the pimple thing, like, really grossed me out. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's also just, like, Darkens humor, where it's mm-hmm. kind of, like, it's, it's it's gross-out humor, but, like, not, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, there's, like, the the first time you see is, like, when they get into a big fight, and one of them <laughs> punches uh, Josh in the face. Oh. And his pimple, pimple pops on the other guy. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, I've, I've got it running in the background, and I've seen just happen. Yeah, like, but I, I actually like so like for me, I guess the, the plot crunch to the plot. It's really so. It's like you start off where they're in this imagination, are like they're playing a D and D game. Then they that turns into a fight in real life. The mom yells at them. They stop, and then it extends. Then they go to the movies the next, or then we have the dream sequence. Um, which I guess teaches the kid a lesson about being nice to nerds. Like I don't know. Well, but it's like so. It's like the idea. It's like they're they're doing this D and D game. Uh, and, and the four boys are Jerry, who's like the dungeon master, uh, and Pete, Josh, Bill, and like Bill and Josh are always just fighting with one another, and, like friends. to the detriment of the club and detriment of their friendship and detriment to like everyone around them. And they end up basically getting kicked out of the house. And Bill's just like, I don't want to ever see. Like, I'll deal with like you two later, but like, I never want to see you, Josh, ever again. Yeah, and, and then that leads to like that weird dream. Well, no, well, but even before that, then like Josh goes. To Jerry and Pete, and it's like, don't worry, guys, we don't need him. And then they shove Josh down, and then he eats chips from the garbage. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's a piece of piece of shit. Yeah. Well, I like, mean, but all of them are kind of pieces of shit. I mean, the, it, like, yeah, but there's like a sliding scale. They're like Josh, Josh like, is like the dirt worst. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's definitely like. I feel like Bill is the elitist, like in a different way. Like he is because he's like, oh, don't touch my stuff, and he's like, kind of wants to be the leader. And then Josh is like the trying to figure out how to describe this he is the like bumbling idiot that is just like in like self-righteous and indignant about nothing yeah he's, he's basically like, cartman he's like trying he's, to be like he's cartman yeah he's, he's fat <laughs> shitty slobby uh jealous nerd yeah yeah and i feel like jerry and pete kind of become like the backseat characters 
And they're kind of just there as, like, color commentary for the other two, at least in this episode. Yeah, which was, like, one thing that Evan Dorkin kind of, like, lamented about the choosing of this episode for, or this short for the pilot. uh, Because he was, like, talking about if he was given, like, a second chance at a pilot, um, he would have chose something that would have highlighted all four boys um, all together. And then highlighted, like, you know, the secondary characters, you know, made, like, for, like, more of a proper uh, pilot to, like, kind of, you know, get you to know the entire cast you get to know very little if anything about the other about keaton jerry like you get beady 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 that's i guess jerry's catchphrase that he's stolen and then pete's like the guido nerd yeah well i get the idea that like jerry is like the straight man of the group like he's um he's like kind of like the normal guy of the group it kind of you know doesn't have like yeah and and pete's like kind of a, like the bro of the group um, i actually think that like this kind of works great for ghostbusters because he's egon pete is um oh my god ernie hudson's character <laughs> the minority yeah and then i think uh josh is uh dan Aykroyd, and then bill is bill murray yeah kind but of bill but bill doesn't have like the likability or like the charisma of, oh, no. of, of bill murray no not at all but like yeah it's like he's like kind of like the main character of, of the short yeah he's think, who our perspective is through well i think uh, and it's probably just me but the having the pilot episode be about nothing but conflict between all of them probably kind of killed it because you don't buy them as a group of friends you don't buy them as human beings almost like and that's kind of hard to really get into you know it, it, it's it's really hard to sympathize with any of the characters or anything like that because even once you get to the comic shop every little side character that they show is just a stereotype well i, I don't mind and, and it, it's almost like the guy who wrote it hated working at a comic shop <laughs> Like, I don't mind them being stereotypes of, like, the comic book store people. It's just that there's, because the entire episode is, like, this internal conflict, the only two instances of any external conflict is the two jock guys who are, like, movie theater bouncers throwing them out for half a second. Oh, yeah. And then the comic book store owner. Yeah, but, like... He's also a, like, caricature of a comic book store owner in many ways. Yeah, like, no, and, like, I, I, like, I like to think that I worked at a good comic store, but, like, the idea of, like, that guy who is portrayed as a comic book store owner in that, in that episode like i have seen like 15 different comic book stores that are owned by a guy like that that own a store that looks just like that yeah, oh, I, I mean, I did like the the idea when they showed the comic, like they're like in the hood, like it kind of looks like they're in the shitty part of town. They're like, and here we are. I was like, oh, where are they? Oh, they're going to the comic book shop, and there's just like vultures outside. It's like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> or, or even just like the interior. It's like the bathrooms unclean, like it's super cluttered. Um, oh yeah, there's just, way like, too not much a very inviting stuff. space. Yeah, there's too much stuff in this like hole in the wall store. That's, but I mean, it, I don't know. It's like. Like, I, I think it's like, I, you know, I think Evan Dorkin is a guy who did enjoy his time working at a comic book store. But I think, like, the idea of a comic, you know, it's, you get more material out of, like, doing something like this than you would be having, like, an ultra-positive take on comic book stores. Oh, but, it, like you said, you know, he kind of lamented the fact that this was the pilot episode, and maybe another episode would have shown more character and stuff like that, and would have been easier to get into the like for me anyways who get into the characters and stuff like that and actually care 
It's like yeah. I, I just I just didn't care. They were just assholes. Yeah, just I like, think it, yeah. If we look at the yeah. other two shows that we watch at this time, it's like they did an episode like this in Undergrads where like they don't get along and they have a fight with each other. And I, but we saw them getting along so yeah. well before. Yeah, it was like the episode five or something like that. And I believe there's like one of the clerks episodes that they have like a fight, even though it's probably one that didn't air. But like they didn't do that until like the third or fourth episode. Like this would have been a better episode three or four than like I think like he like the you said the creator said like this is not a great pilot episode because you kind or, of yeah like you have or to like, know these characters to kind of enjoy this more mm-hmm. yeah i mean like this was uh within the publishing history of the elton Eagle club this was the second um story for them which makes way more sense like it would have been more interesting to see them like either in school or like some other kind of thing where they are actually, actually getting really like along. That. I actually like, really like that role-playing segment. Like, I would have enjoyed seeing, like, that more. Yeah, something like that. I mean, but something where they actually, like, we know why they're friends. Yeah. Because I, <clears throat> in this one, we don't know why they're friends other than they're just mm, nerds. Or I mean, an outside like, I, I, antagonist. I, I think, like, I don't know, we've all had, like, the friend that that we have that as we grow, we, like, we've known them since we were kids, and then we grow and just like they're still there they're still there (laughs) you know um i I totally related to these characters i'm just saying like as like a pilot episode for me like there was like nothing to cling on to there's no development there was no there's really no conflict resolution to it i feel like there's the the big thing is it, it lacks an introduction to who these guys are yeah beyond just like they're just four nerds like yeah i think their introduction is a it's like through osmosis, their their introduction is that you know someone like this. Yeah. So you immediately like are supposed to uh, be interested in them because you know these people. But yeah, it, it would be like a little bit better if you didn't know who they were as people. Yeah, like I feel like the biggest difference, like the I like I love the character designs. I think that they look great. Like I like how they. Oh, I like the animation quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, like everything. I like the idea of the episode, but like again, like I'm I'm trying not to be like too nitpicky, but like the besides them, just like it's like there isn't much to differentiate between them except that like one has a different accent, one has a catchphrase, one is skinny, or like one's kind of the leader, and then the other one's fat. Mm-hmm. So, but over like as a show, like I was like, oh, like like you said, like every single character in this episode, I was like, I've met that guy, I know that guy, fuck that guy, like every single guy, especially when we got to the comic book store, like the dude that was like spitting, and then when everyone's not looking, he's just robbing the place. Yeah, <clears throat> see, I, I guess I just can't relate with the characters because I'm, you know, I'm the guy that like I go into comic book shops now and I get to look like, you know, what is this guy doing here? Oh, yeah, I guess maybe, have you ever worked, like, a real t- a retail job? Oh, I've definitely worked retail, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know, maybe it's, like, different. If, have you ever worked, like, in a retail of, like, anything that was, like, specifically, like, geek cultured? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, yeah. Maybe that's why, like, I definitely, like, I have met customers. Like, I've, Same. <laughs> I've worked with people that are, like, the comic store owner. Like, the two guys running their mouths that they're, like, doing. I did, uh, to get to the actual episode, I really enjoyed the idea of them doing this the idea of like they have this like code of the trivia challenge was like right. a really awesome idea. And well, I'm like, actually watching that right now. <laughs> I like I liked the trivia challenge. I did like uh, that part was fun. And I actually uh, really liked how it ended too. Like with how like he Bill wins in like such right. a dumb way. Like that was awesome. But then like the after part of that, I was like, oh, then they're just gonna be dicky. Like they're just gonna be like shitty to each other still, and then not accept it. And then it was 
the Josh calling them like anti-Semitic was like really out of left field for me. I don't know. Maybe that well, was because something... we didn't know he was Jewish at all. Uh, or if he even is, I'm assuming he is. Otherwise, why would he say that? Like, cause they didn't introduce them with their last names in the beginning of the show. Well, I, I thought like the, the response to that was really funny where he's like, oh. I own all the Spielberg movies. I ain't no anti-Semites. Oh yeah. No, no, that, was, <laughs> no that was a good line. But it it would have been nice to know if, you know, if there was some context. Be, yeah. yeah. He could have just been bullshitting and be like, like, but, but I've also met people that like that pullback card, and it's like, <laughs> like I like I get the idea of it. And again, I think that joke works would have worked better in like a later episode when you're like, oh, you know him as this character, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, like it this would have like, this would have been. I a, mean, like, I I don't need to have it necessarily spelled out to me that he's Jewish. Like, but I mean, like, if you look at a show that does like did that joke like a ton is like South Park. It's like they go to pretty good lengths to like show or like depict Kyle's Jewish like there is nothing to explain that and so it just came out of left field for me although well, it is followed up by like a really good kind of like punchline to the joke like it just like was kind of um like abrasive to pop in there but i guess it was also to show how shitty that character is true but yeah you know, i agree with you in the fact that this would have been a much better like third or fourth episode like yeah. after we after we learn the characters because it's not it, like it wasn't bad. It was just it seemed like it seemed like a later episode of something. Yeah, it, yeah, that that's a great way of putting it. Because like I would one hundred percent would have watched this show. Like if it yeah. happened on, it's just this is like a very weird. Like, this is a weird pilot. place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, like oh sorry. Oh I know, and then it's just like real funny that you know the episode ends with like, is this the end of the Eltingville Club? And I'm like, yeah, yes, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do feel if they tried to bring it back, like it would actually like stand out. Like if they tried to bring it back. Oh, I think it's actually kind of the perfect time to bring this back. In yeah. Ways. Right. I was about to say, and it does kind of suffer from the fact that 17 years ago, nerd culture wasn't as prevalent as it is now. I think it was before like Iron Man and all those movies came out. Oh, yeah, like, O2 would have been before. like, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like this. I mean, if that's not to say that like Iron Man was the start of it. it it's you know, like it was. It was still like pretty big in like 2000 with stuff like X Men, Spider Man, X Men, Spider Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. 2001. And he uh, had like the Raimi Spider Man. Yeah. yeah when Iron Man came out, that was like the start of like Marvel at that point. That's when everything was coming out, uh, like that year. But like, I mean, I think people kind of forget like how big Marvel was in 2000 because you had 99 Blade, 2000 X Men, 2001 was Spider Man, and really like up until yeah, about. With the exception of Spider-Man, they were trying to hide the fact that they were nerd movies. That's why um, the X-Men yes, had, uh, like, fucking... Leather suits. Leather yeah. And shit like yeah. that. Which, but the leather suits were also in, like, Morrison's X-Men. Yeah, and they were, they were more of, like, a Matrix thing than a hiding like it was that matrix trend of like everyone's in pleather and like the matrix was like huge nerd culture yeah i, I would say like, like, it's it, not even just a comics thing i think it, the the other parts of like nerddom is what would not be as popular at that time like the fantasy role-playing stuff like how big like pretty much everything in nerddom is now like all of media uh, like, like yeah, when did that? When did that first? Vin Diesel is a giant Dungeons and Dragons fan. Well, like, when did that first Lord of the Rings movie come out? Uh, maybe like two years after X Men, so maybe like two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah, that Lord of the Rings came out in two thousand one. You had like the Harry Potter movies in like around the two thousand two thousand one, also blowing up. Um, uh, fellow, so like I feel like was I was a one. Yeah, Fellowship so, was a one. 
So, like, I think it's, like, you know, you started having, like, you know, a lot of this stuff, like, really kind of building in, in like, 2000 onward. And I think, like, Iron Man in Sorcerer's 90... Sorcerer's almost 2001 also. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, oh, no. Uh, but then, like, you know, in 2007 was, like, that next phase. Because it's, like, you know, 2006 was, like, Spider-Man 3 um, and a couple other stuff that just kind you of had, just like, fizzled. Uh, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, and what, what was the other one? I was about to say, I mean... You, that was all, like, 05 You kind of got to realize that, like, like, you had those Marvel movies and stuff like that, but it kind of died out because you had some really bad movies come up, too. Like, those are ba- Spider-Man but, but 3 like, was awful. Uh, Ghost Rider was awful. Daredevil was awful. Like, Ghost Rider made money, though. Yeah, like, they all, and, they and all Daredevil made, made money. money. Yeah, they all made like, money. They were bad. And the, that's where they and both those, got sequels. And, and 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 it was a style of superhero film for that time, and that's why like they like Batman Begins and Iron Man in 2008 just like kind of changed, changed the game of like. How... See, I, I would almost say that uh, Batman Begins and Iron Man started the resurgence of the nerd culture thing. And yeah, like and that's really fun mm. because Batman was more uh, palatable to the masses. Um, uh, I, would say I don't think it, it changed. was palatable. I think it was just it was a different way of approaching the film. Because, like, in a weird way, both those movies simultaneously come from two different companies doing two completely different styles. Like the previous movies were all kind of middle of the road. They were like a ha- they were like on the fence between like being comic booky and like very fantastical and being real world. And then Batman Begins is takes it to the far end of real world, quote unquote. And then Iron Man goes the complete other direction. So you have to be one or the other. And that is the big change where like the two companies kind of went all in on those two directions. While the previous set of movies were kind of like on the fence. Well, I think the, well, like Daredevil especially suffered from the Spider-Man thing. Like, you know, they tried to, they tried to be dark, but they kept it really well, they're weird and not two, two completely different cuts that have that are completely different from each other too. Right. Well, the director's cut is better. It's still not a great movie, but it's better. Yeah. But they all like again, like they all made money. There are three Blade movies. Daredevil got a sequel. Ghost Rider got a sequel. There were two Fantastic Four movies. Like, did Daredevil get a sequel? Electra. No, Daredevil didn't get a sequel. He got Electra a side, guy. He got Electra, Electra, which is like uh, a side Electra, but it's like a side quote. I guess you could call it because it's yeah. You said Daredevil too. I was like, what? No, How did yeah, I not see this? It's kind of a sequel. Like it takes place after it and it has the characters involved in the first one. Well, that was them right. doing a test run of making a universe, and then Iron Man came, and then it changed yeah. the game. Uh, those are all like the Fox next too. Yeah. yeah, like it's not them testing out a universe because they were all owned by different studios. No, well, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, and X Men were all in one studio. Yeah, but, yeah, but like they, but but they well, were called Disney now, but but whatever. it wasn't like a shared thing. Like they were, they were, they were building up to a shared thing. I was about to say Daredevil uh, and Electra are definitely connected. Yeah, Daredevil and Electra are, but I believe they were attempting to build a crossover with F- well, Daredevil and Electra. Yeah, totally, because like Electra shows up in Daredevil, and yeah, Electra no, is a I be- yeah, is a I be- specifically a Daredevil character. I I'm gonna say Mattress. Building, <laughs> yeah, I believe they were I, building up to a connection between Fantastic Four and X Men, though. Punisher was definitely supposed to be in one of the Spider-Man movies. Oh, that was also a Fox property, right? Yeah. Uh, wait, Spider-Man? 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 No, 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 no. The, Punisher. the Punisher. Yeah, they weren't do. He, yeah, he's a Fox property. Well, he was gonna be in one of the Spider-Man movies, but the suit wasn't cleaned or some shit like that. Like, no, I'm sorry, that was Wolverine in one of the Spider-Man movies. The suit wasn't clean. Uh, yeah, they were doing a bunch of wonky stuff in that time period. I don't know. I that's something I never heard of. 
Yeah, that's something I also never heard of because I also was like Spider-Man was Sony, yeah. Fox was doing Wolverine, like they're clearly yeah. like completely separate. Sony was the only Sony and Spider-Man are the only ones that are a different company. All the other ones are all Fox. Were sure. Hulk. And like I said, it's all Disney now. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. well, well not all Hulk of it. was Hulk and Namor are not. They're part of Universal still. And technically Spider Man's yeah. still part of Sony. Universal's playing it smart and hold on to the Hulk. Yeah, here we go. Wolverine almost appeared in the first Spider-Man movie. I'll drop a link in here. But to get back to the thing we actually watched, though, like, <laughs> I, like I do think it's like I'm trying to figure out how to like say this. Like, I feel like this could have worked if it was a better pilot. I feel like it would have worked. Like I don't think it was in the wrong time period. I think this is a show that can kind of work anytime. Like I feel. Sorry, go ahead, John. Oh, I was going to say, I think regardless, even if the pilot was right, I don't think it would have gotten picked up anyways. Um, There was a video I linked in the uh, Discord from uh, Rebel Taxi does like a ton of um, videos based off of animation projects. Uh, And he did a video from, like, I want to say about like six years ago at this point or five years ago uh he did a video on uh 10 failed animated pilots and he talked about them and like what happened and why they didn't get picked up and he highlighted uh the eltonville club and you know basically you know it was like this pilot for adult swim uh but in the end adult swim was only looking for uh flash based 15 minute long shows uh, oh, and because like eltonville club sense, was yeah. a 30 minute long traditionally animated show you know Adults from just didn't have the budget for it, yeah, even if like they wanted would, to do it. This would have worked better on a Comedy Central. Like, I think it would have fit that kind of a thing much better. Um, yeah. I, I think the audience that would have latched onto an Eltingville Club was on Adult Swim. I like, I think, hmm. I, I think Eltingville Club would have been on Comedy Central, and I think it maybe would have lasted a season. But I, I think, I think the people that go to Comedy Central for animation. Like, I, I think it's like that wasn't something that they were, like, going to get. Because it's like you have Drawn Together and South Park. And would Eltingville Club fit within those two shows at that time? Yeah, I keep forgetting, like... Yeah, and at this point, uh, Cartoon Network, like, Adult Swim had, you know, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which was, like, 15 minutes here and there. Yeah, 15-minute flash show, you know, Harvey Birdman, uh, C-Lab, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe this was like a couple years too early. But like, I don't know, like it feels like I do feel like this and Clerks like make sense out of the same time period, like the cartoon shows, I mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. There there's a lot of similarities and I think that this could have worked cuz like, I don't know, like there's a lot of this that I'm like, oh, like I get this, like I would really watch this show. There's a lot of this of like why the reasons I like I do like undergrads is like in this show, I feel like if it got a chance to kind of uh at least get like a half a season or like a season out. Like I think uh, more people would know about it and it would kind of have like a thing of maybe to bring it back, but I don't no, know, I definitely like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I've kind of gone off against it a little bit, but I mean, I think <clears throat> with character development, had they been allowed to show us any kind of character development or any character at all, it would have been better. It's like, and it's like I said, they, it feels like they started in the middle of a season and didn't go anywhere. Like, it, it would have been nice for him to, like, have a couple episodes where you actually really get to know the characters and then go from there. Yeah, I, I, I like, yeah, I, I've kind of crapped on it a bit, but, like, I did enjoy, like, big aspects of it. Like, I guess I enjoy the idea of it more than the actual episode. 
but there were definitely parts of the sh- the episode itself that I was really into. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if it was necessarily in the cut that you guys saw, but I also really love the opening and the ending song. Oh, I was uh, actually going to say, like, that's actually my favorite part of the whole thing. I like the ending song a lot. Uh, which was done by the band The Aquabats, which if you have never heard of the band The Aquabats, you have to. It's so, they're so good. Um, are you, Are you guys familiar with them? I've heard of them. I haven't really listened. Yeah, so their whole stick is that they're a ska punk band uh, who masquerade as crime-fighting 50s-style superheroes. Um, (laughs) And, like, all of their songs are about, like, monsters or being cool or, like, doing whatever. Uh, They actually had a kid's show on Discovery Kids called The Aquabat Super Show. And I think it's still on Netflix. It's super rad. Like, it's so much fun. So, like, uh, hearing the Aquabats, like, do the Eltingville Club song, it's just like, oh, it's perfect. It totally fits. Do you know if they did any other intro stuff? Because it, like, was like, I was like, oh, I feel like this is, like, the same people that did, uh, like, what do you call it, uh, C-Lab or something like that. Uh, I do not know. Um, let me, let me do a quick search. Yeah, because, like, when I heard that song, I was like, oh, this is, like, total 2000s. Like, it reminded me of a bunch of that Adult Swim stuff. Like Mission Hill. Yeah, like Mission Hill, C-Lab, like, especially C-Lab to me. Like, it very much reminded me. Because it's that very, like, 50s beach, uh, like, rock, like, pop rock. Yeah. Kind of like uh, like a ska monkeys kind of thing. Kind of reminds me of, like, when I was a kid, you know. I, get, I started liking uh, They Might Be Giants because of stuff like Animaniacs and stuff like that. Oh, oh yes. I discovered They Might Be Giants because of uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Yeah, there you go. I'm trying to remember, did they do Particle Man? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I remember early days of YouTube watching somebody did a Particle Man music video for Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm like, that. I don't know. Like I remember the old school YouTube before it became like all nice and clean. Um... I don't know, like, is there anything else we want to talk about with this specific pilot or the show, like, that anybody wants to bring up? Um, I know, Johnny, like, the comic book itself is, like, hailed, and everybody loves it. I do kind of want to find and read the books, because it is interesting. Like, the concept is very interesting to me. Like, a comic book about kids reading comic books. Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? I was going to say, like, I, I, like, the show itself was really interesting, and um, it made me interested in the comic, which I know is, like, hailed, like, and everybody loves it. It's yeah, uh, it's a multiple Eisner winner. If 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 you're like that kind of reader who's like wants to read stuff because it's been prestige, uh, Altonville Club. I'll, I think like also got like a really cool collection. Um, uh, like maybe about two years ago, like everything is like compiled into one book. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I do like the idea of it being like super meta though. That like it's a comic book about guys who are into comic books and that kind of stuff. Like it's an <laughs> interesting like kind of meta idea. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not bad. It just felt like the middle of a story as opposed to the beginning of a story. Yeah. <coughs> Does anybody else have anything they want to talk about with this specific uh, show? Uh, I, I kind of want to talk about the development of the show or the development oh. of the comic because uh, Dorkin came up. He said he came up with the idea of the Eltingville Club uh, after witnessing a comic book publisher and author, Dan Votto, uh, receive death threats and hate mail over killing uh, Ice in his run for Justice League of America. Oh my god. (laughs) The the female, like, like, D-list superhero? Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) 
this. But yeah, but that makes sense because it's like this show is kind of like I, uh, I, I love the idea of this is like a complete parody of or it's not even parody. It's like a like thumbing its nose at the like terrible nerd culture that's basically always existed. Yeah. Uh, the Ultimate Club characters are exaggerated portrayals. Several people that Dorkin knows and also draws on Dorkin's own likes and experiences as a fan retailer and professional. They are meant to portray the fan base that does not change or evolve. To embrace changes in geek culture, such as increasing acceptance and swell of fandom, as they see their fandom as making up their entire identity and being. Yeah. Oh, you see, can see. Okay. Now. I would have loved, loved for a character to be their counterpoint then. Oh, yeah. I would have loved to have, like, their rival group. Would have been real interesting. Which is funny that you say that. So, um... Uh, one uh, one of the things like I always like kind of tell people it's like if you like the idea of Eltingville Club, uh, you should read Casey Green's Anime Club, which is uh on his Gun Show Comics uh website. Uh, Casey Green uh is like a lot of people know Casey Green as the guy who drew the comic about the dog sitting in the chair um in a room full of fire, saying like uh it's fine, I'm fine, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, he did a bu- he did like a short comic. Uh, I think that's about like five six chapters. Uh, uh, called the Anime Club. That's surrounded by. Uh, it's about uh, four boys named Mort, Mark, Dave, and Clyde, who look an awful lot like the characters from the Eltingville Club. And instead of being um, like within Western uh, culture, they are like fans of anime. And it's just like like the fat boy is also like the same as uh, 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 Jerry or josh he's just yeah. like he's jealous and rude and like over talks everyone and thinks he owns everything um wow. like mark is like the head of the club but he's always like fighting with more and really like most of the problems wow. of the club are dealing with those two uh but there's like stuff with like a like the school club anime club and they don't want to really join it because they like stuff that's more mainstream than what they like uh and like there's also like a really shitty comic book guy who hates them because not only are they bad nerds but um they like anime and anime like to him is like not great um but uh i would like highly recommend it's like if you want like if like you read like Elting- yeah it's like if you want like kind of like more eltingville club and you've already read the book um i would highly recommend checking out the anime club on gun show comics uh it's great you sent us the link, so like I'm definitely gonna. I, I don't know if it'd be better to read it after I've read Eltingville or before. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like I think it's like wherever you get to first. Mm-hmm. I think you can appreciate them for being like two different things, but of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely like the show. Like, I'll definitely give the comic a look because you know it, it seemed interesting. Like I said, it seemed like the middle of a story, and I'd like to get the whole story. Yeah, because I'm reading, like, the wiki on, like, the characters from the comics. I'm like, oh, they do kind of show that they're, like, different types of nerds. But they all have, like, a cross-section. Like, Josh is, like, the super sci-fi one. And yeah, they show that in the beginning. Like, yeah, and Pete is, like, the horror yeah. guy. Yeah, so, like, it would have been more interesting. I think they show, like, was it Jerry is, like, the more role-playing and Magic the Gathering type of guy. 
So like it, it would have been great to see like the kind of okay, so they do the like the role playing game, but they're like slightly different from each other, but they kind of like have cross because like you know we're all nerds here, but like I'm sure there's stuff that like you know I'm I like anime, I know Ryan likes anime, John likes anime, but Gary, you're not as big as into it. No, but, not at all. Yeah, yeah, but like we are still all super nerds, but like we could do a show and talk. So like I, it would have been better of a first episode, which I think we've already said like if they would have shown who these characters were better. But, um, uh, yeah, and I think it like, you know, at the end of the day, it was just a, you know, sort of, I don't want to say a bad episode to start with. It wasn't a great episode to start with. Yeah. Well, is there anything anybody else wants to talk about this specific thing? Uh, anyone have a favorite part of their episode, even though it was like 20 minutes long? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I think it is the, the comic book, like the, the nerd fight, the, the, um, what do you call it? The trivia the thing? trivia down. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, I was like, ooh, how many of these can I get? And I was like, oh my god, these are deep. <laughs> yeah, these are deep cuts. <laughs> uh, I like the beginning of the episode when they're um, the RPG when they're doing the D and D thing. Yeah. You got all, oh, all our uh, little minions killed. Yeah, like that whole entire like first bit with like them doing the 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 D and D adventure and then trying to watch the video with with the oh. the B actresses who are topless. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the best part. <laughs> that was like my that part was. when they're like, I have a, I have this bootleg of celebrities topless, and it's what is it like the tel- what is it, like the wiggles on like on VHS, and yeah. he's just like so embarrassed that they just have a fight breaks out. <laughs> yeah, which is because that is also something that like doesn't exist anymore more because of the internet so i was like oh this is super nostalgic of like people hanging out and watching like a bootleg like a bootleg uh, vhs tape that they got from like because i literally would do that like as a kid like i would go to uh, a flea market and pick and get like anime like bootleg anime because you mm. can do that because that's the only way you can get like the subtitled non-dubbed like especially it was like dragon ball z like five sagas advanced like and getting all the movies because they wouldn't be on tsunami and also getting the uncut stuff i was gonna say it's uh, it's kind of like uh <clears throat> the <clears throat> before the evil dead movies were released on dvd and blu-ray here uh my stepdad bought me like some imported i think they were french uh dvds of the evil dead movies yeah, and all that stuff gone now thanks to the awesome internet that we're talking through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely like there was a lot of nostalgia with this. Um, more so than with undergrads. Like I do think if this was a like a show show, like I would have liked this more. But for a show of this time period, it's still like I watched it and I'm like, man, Daria got this shit right so hard. Like I know it's like it's covering a different subject, but I just watch it and I'm just like Daria was so good. Yeah, right. I I mean I I tell people this like all the time. Like I think Daria is uh one of the best like animated series of all time. Like that show is like there's like maybe five bad episodes in that entire show run. Like that show is like almost near perfect. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I actually think one of the worst episodes of it is like the final thing. I'm not like a huge fan of it. The uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's like something to going to college or because they oh. do like two movies. Yeah. yeah. Um. The only like bad episode, like outright bad episode, I like skip over on Daria is the one with um where they meet the manifestations of the holidays. Oh, I don't even. Oh yeah. It's oh, it, like it when they crawl through the thing and there's like yeah I remember that one. There's like they meet the teenage versions of like Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day and they have to get like Christmas and Halloween and like one other holiday back into like Holiday like, Island. Oh, yeah. I'm just like I'm just like what the fuck is this? It's very. <laughs> it seems like an episode that's like was like a promo for something else. 
Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, that is definitely something we will get to eventually. But I think we can talk about um, our next pick, which is Gary's pick. All right. Uh, yeah, my next pick is uh, we're going far from like comic book culture and stuff like that. We're uh, going to do Loving Vincent, which is a, uh, what do they call it, rotoscoped uh, movie um, about Vincent Van Gogh where every frame is painted uh, in his style. So I think that'll be a cool one to break down and watch. And Yeah, it was, stuff. I know it was a very, like, stat, like, I'm trying to, I'm terrible words tonight. Like, people, I remember when this was coming out, like, a couple of years ago, that like, people were, like, talking about how amazing, like, the concept of this is. And, because um, it is a biographical film um, that was done, and it's, like, this weird experimental idea of it. And it looks absolutely beautiful. Like it, it's just stunning to look at. So I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, it's definitely like I'm looking through the Wikipedia and like it is really interesting. And like I know, pretty sure that they had like the art stuff. Like took them. Yeah, it was like 125 painters to be able to pull this off. Yeah, it, it is absolutely insane. So yeah, I cannot wait to watch this. It's something that like I've been wanting to see, and this is a great excuse for it. Right. When I'm reading, it's kind of like true crimey. A little bit. Yeah. Which is always in my wheelhouse. It has Chris O'Dowd and uh, Jerome Flynn in it, so that's always good. So it'd be a nice step away from uh, comic books and related things. uh, What's her name? The Irish actress. Was it Cerise Ronan? Yeah. As as, uh, Margaret. Yeah, there is some great actors in this. So um, it'll definitely be like a real left turn for us based on the last three or four things we watched. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. Um, so why don't we do a quick round of plugs before we get out of here? Um, Ryan, why don't you go first? Give out your social media. Uh, just Ryan. <laughs> you can find me on the Phantom Zone. Uh, always look out for Wednesdays when those Doomsday Clock spoilers come out, you know? It's so long. <laughs> All right. You know, I made a bet with, like, I made a bet, like, last year when they announced Doomsday Clock. I was like, man, I bet you, like, $10 that that, that book ain't ending until 2020. You're I'm right. looking, I'm You're looking really pretty good. good right now. Yeah, because yeah, already, what did they, they knocked back the, not the next one, the one after, like, four months. So you're already yeah. looking at the end of 2019. You just you need, should, like, uh, more delay. Someone oh. should start, like, a poll on, like, the Phantom Zone, like, when your best, like, it's a dead, a dead pool on the Phantom Zone when Doomsday's finally gonna die. <laughs> oh, like, and I think, and, like, it might, like, also early guess was, like, man, like, it also wouldn't surprise me if there's a 13th issue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they just forgot to add it. Well, um, Gary, well, your plugs? Uh, I've got nothing to plug. I'm not on social media or anything, so. All right. Well, you are <laughs> in the Phantom Zone, so. What's Facebook? Yeah, Facebook's. <laughs> Jonathan? Uh, you can find me at John, J-O-H-N, underscore, F-N, underscore, Siler, S-E-I-L-E-R, uh, where I talk about uh, comics and games and uh <laughs> like you know stuff that we're releasing or my glad or my thankfulness of not buying mortal Kombat 11 because it seems like a total shit show <laughs> oh man don't let some of the other phantom zone guys let you hear that because they are mortal Kombat diehards man uh, they already know i like no like i mean like i i said last night on the podcast i in like or i wasn't a huge fan of spider-man so i or the spider-man uh PlayStation game. 4 games. I already feel like I'm already on like certain people's like list of like not to be trusted. 
It's okay. It's a slippery always, slope. As a former GameStop employee, you're, you were definitely one of our customers that I would get all the time. Being like random hot take guy on like games. That's oh man! But like, so that's I, the thing, like I, I, I was like, I, I rather it not be a hot take. Like, I, I want to like these games, but I was yeah. like, honestly, it was like one of those things where I was like, okay, am I going to spend money on Mortal Kombat, knowing like how bad the launch for Mortal Kombat X was, or am I just going to save my money and buy Samurai Showdown because that game looks so much funner? And oh, I'm definitely down for Samurai Showdown. <laughs> I, I guess I'm not down with Mortal Kombat just because of the. Uh... Loot box. I'm tired of loot boxes. Um, it, yep. it's the same system they used for Injustice too, so it's not horrible. And trust me, nothing is worse than what. Uh, what was the other game? Is it um? It's not Soul Calibur. What's the other fighting game that has like a three hundred dollar deal? Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like fuck that. Well, is it the last one had like over a thousand dollars worth of uh DLC? Yeah, I think this one is close to that too. All right, before we go too much more off the rails. <laughs> uh, so John and Ryan have also joined me on And Now Comics. It's part of the Phantom Zone podcast. And then uh, that's every Thursday. You just recorded one last night. It'll be out the same day as this. And then every Tuesday, me and Alan, who's on here sometimes as well, uh, do Smallville Chronicles. And we have one more episode left till we are done with season three. You're still on season three. Yikes. Uh, yeah, well, we're almost done with it. <sighs> almost to the Justice League. Oh my god, it, we're so far away from that. We're almost at Lois Lane. She didn't uh, show up yet. No, nope, she shows up in the first episode of season four. All right, and uh, <laughs> I guess that's about it. So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to all the podcasts. Check out all the other podcast goodness at losharo.wordpress.com and losharo games and all the stuff on there. There's plenty of podcasts and other content for you guys to check out. And uh, that's about it. So we'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Later. Thank you.